All right, what is up, everybody? We are on episode number eight of the Chasing Waypoints podcast, and well, the Dakar hangover has begun. Officially, the Dakar is now over. Uh, as of yesterday, all the teams are starting to fly back. I saw Mr. Brabeck was in Dubai already uh, on his way home uh, with that second place trophy. Uh, Kevin Benavides uh, with the slightly bigger trophy in first place, but more so than anything, uh, which I think KTM probably had some high hopes, but was disappointed for year number two. So breaking the 18-year reign that KTM had, uh, Honda and the HRC rally team or rally team HRC uh, has taken the top podium spot as well as that number two spot. So pretty awesome to see. Uh, Probably not as expected as some people would love to see the KTMs back up there. I ride a KTM. But then I also ride a BMW, so it doesn't uh, really matter for me. I just love the idea of the sport and and just how long the length, the challenge, um, and more challenges. So another impressive ride by uh, another uh, stateside guy, Skylar Howes, putting it all the way up to the number five spot uh, as a privateer. Uh, was definitely in some good spot, had a couple of... Uh, couple of mishaps with the navigation but as is the world of rally and uh, but still nonetheless put that bike up on the number five spot which is absolutely awesome for a second to car rally so absolutely awesome so this episode for episode number eight the Dakar rally hangover begins So a lot of people with the schedule in Saudi Arabia, it's like opposites, right? You're getting ready to go to bed, and these guys are doing their morning stretches, warming up the bike, getting ready to go. So if you're going to watch it, you know, you're going to lose some sleep. And so it's been interesting with the rally now being on that side of the world as far as the schedules go. So we'll see. But for some, it is the rally hangover which, you know, they're now trying to get some sleep and doing that. And for others is the, okay, I need to get in on this. I want to start getting into these adventures and doing this kind of stuff. So if you heard last podcast, episode number seven with Scott Bright, talking about some of the things uh, as far as training goes and getting involved and how he's involved uh, here in the U.S. with helping train riders, uh, a couple of no names like Andrew Short, um, you know, and who else? There's a couple other people that he has uh, helped. You know, same. Uh, I believe that was also with uh, Mark Samuels uh, as well. So another no name on a motorcycle, and I say that with every bit of sarcasm. Um, couldn't catch those guys even if they were only allowed to go to second gear. That's horrible. But anyway, um, this is going to be one of the episodes uh, that I want to lead off with this whole series and what I'm working on with Chasing Waypoints on the website and on the blog uh, and these podcasts is, okay, here is a roadmap. So you've got two rallies here in North America that can be considered on par with what you're seeing uh, over in Dakar. Dakar has a lot more rules. They're a lot stricter than the rallies that are here uh, on our side. But 
even though they're both hosted in Mexico. But, you know, they're within reach. There are very similar uh, to where you're using road books. You have liaisons. You have start times and that kind of thing. The penalties are similar. You're similar. You're navigating waypoints. And with the added benefit that uh, Baja Rally is also doing uh, an enduro comp class where you don't necessarily have to read road books or know how to read road books to participate in it. So in this episode, because this is getting to be a long intro, in this episode, we're going to talk about the mindset. What are we here for? So Rally Raid is the word of the day, the word of the episode. And we're going to talk more about it and what the Rally Raid stuff is. So, uh, without further ado, here comes the episode. Okay, so Rally Raid. That is what this episode is going to be about today. The term Rally Raid. It's pretty simple. I think a lot of people, you know, if you do a search and you're looking for Rally Racing, you're going to pull up. Um, a couple of different rally schools, but most of them are about throwing Subarus into a corner and you using basically your window uh, or the passenger or driver side windows as basically your front windshield. So driving these things sideways uh, across these corners and all that stuff. And we've all seen the you know World Rally Championship and the Colin McRae's and Nikki Grist you know team together. The rally racing that they do versus what cross-country rally is or rally raid is similar except for the fact that the stage is not 20 kilometers long or 30 kilometers long. It's 600 kilometers long. It's 500 kilometers long. It's, you know, it's some mileage, right? And for those playing the home game, uh, kilometers rules as far as rally raid and, and, and rally and pretty much a lot or most of the rest of the world. But... Uh, just quick info on that one, uh, 0.62. So if you take one mile, it's 0.62 kilometers. So the easy math is hundred kilometers, 62 miles. Uh, so if I say it's a thousand kilometers, 620 miles. Anyway, that's the quick math. So if you really, really want to know how many miles it is, when we talk about a stage that's 300 kilometers long, you're looking at about 180 mile stage. Okay. Anyway, now that we got that out of the way, uh, rally raid. So, Rally Raid is a basically is is a cross country. I'm going to go from here to here, and I am going to use a road book to navigate from here to here. And along that are going to be waypoints, which are things that are of interest. So could be like say maybe a safety warning. Uh, there could be a waypoint eclipse for stuff that's maybe a little tricky and you know you want to give them an arrow uh there could be uh waypoints for uh waypoint mask which is a secret waypoint where you don't know where it is so you have to get it though um to make sure that you're on point that's like if you compare it to the off-road racing that's like having a vcp or a virtual checkpoint the difference is in an effort to prevent people from mm, being creative with the route or the race course, uh, race course for the sprint races down here. Uh, but the route for rally raid, um, waypoints are hidden. Nobody knows where they're at except the people that designed the course. So that will help eliminate, 
um, creative route planning. Um, and in an effort to do that, Dakar has put in a couple other things like giving them the road book, like right before they start the stage, uh, rather than giving it to them the night before or several hours before where they could have people like map men, uh, go through and basically recreate the route and then give the rider an idea of which way they're headed. So very important. The sanctity, the secretness of keeping a route secret in Rally Raid. It's a test of your navigation skills, your riding skills, your driving skills, your endurance, and we're not trying to make it any easier for people that have more money or less money or anything like that. It's Everybody's got to be on the same playing field. So that's where the Rally Raid uh, thing kind of comes from, and, and that's the OG term, right, Rally Raid. The difference, I think, in Rally Raid versus other forms of racing is it's more of a not as fast-paced, even though you're seeing, you know, Ricky Brabeck and Matthias Wachner and Skylar Howes and uh, all of these guys just throw these rally bikes, which they're still not that heavy, even though they look like they got a bunch of stuff. Those things are light, comparatively speaking. But, you know, they're not going to weigh as much as your adventure bike. They weigh still less than a 790 uh, and they don't weigh much, much more than a 450, your regular 450 dirt bike. So they use a lot of carbon fiber. They use a lot of careful designs and things to make sure that they keep these bikes as light as possible, making them easier to ride for longer distances because the nature of rally is you're going to cover some Ks. So the difference is, yes, longer, multiple days, uh, the course is secret. The the route is secret. Um, there's a lot of different strategies that get involved, and we can get into that further down the road uh, with this. But today's episode and what we're talking about today is Rally Raid. Why and the mentality of it is very simple to me. And this is stuff that I've learned at participating in Baja Rally uh, as the race director and getting to meet a lot of great people and working in the organization, uh, working on timing and scoring hand-in-hand uh, hand with Mike Johnson from Rally Comp, who is the one that handles the scoring for Baja Rally and Sonora Rally as well. And I've noticed a very big thing. So if you're going to get into Rally Raid, there's really like two groups of people. There are the or there is the group of people that are going to get into the sport and they are looking to rub elbows with Ricky Brabeck, with Toby Price, with um, oh gee, I don't know, you know, Skylar Howes, and all of these guys that are super talented on the bikes will absolutely send a bike uh, down a dirt road and be very competitive and very fast. That is a group. They want to win rally raids. They want to go out and win rallies uh, while navigating on a dirt bike, right, at speed. And then... There's another group in the Rally Raid realm that enjoys the art of the roadbook. They enjoy the ride and the experience of where they're going to be riding. And I don't know if, if you guys were watching the Dakar Rally, you noticed in some of these areas, like it literally looked like they had just finished filming a movie for Mars. Like these just huge desert scapes with these huge vast rocks and desolate and just absolutely in the middle of nowhere. And there's that group of people. 
some people want to race through that and, and enjoy that challenge. And, you know, we don't want to tour. We want to go race. You know, we want to go, we want a green flag. We want a checkered flag. We want an overall time and we want trophies and all the glory that's associated with that. And then you've got a group of people, uh, which is a very large group of people that literally are just there because I want to write a road book. I'm going to go check this stuff out. And it's important to have both groups and each has their merits. But I think for a lot of people, when you're going to get into the sport is you have to set a realistic expectation of what you're here to do. And you're going to train differently if you're here to be competitive. You're going to train differently if you are here to basically do the tour and just check out these routes and, and see these places. So step number one, and I think in this rally journey, is be honest with what you're planning on doing and what your kind of mental state is. It's key because you don't want... You want to form your whole plan around that type of riding and around that type. You know, I'll, I'll tell you right now. If Dakar this year, they had six tires. This is what they were allowed for the entirety of the event, all 12 stages, six tires. That's nothing on a dirt bike with these guys. Um, if you were planning to be competitive at some of these other rally events here in uh, in northern Baja, northern Mexico you're going to go through a tire a day. If, and depending on your riding style and the terrain for that day, if it's a lot of dunes, you probably won't, but you would expect to chunk up a tire pretty good. You probably make it last two days, you know, but if you are running with a more relaxed pace and that stuff, then the chances are the tire may even last you the whole event, you know? And so it just depends on, how aggressive you're going to be and what your end goal is. So you're going to prep differently, more spare parts for the uh, more aggressive. Like we've always said in the motorcycle shops, if you want to ride it like a race bike, you're going to pay for it like a race bike. So preparation is key in these events. Um, There are limited resources available to you. If you break down, it's not like your pit crew or your, your chase guys can come in and get you. You're going to have to get towed by another competitor or you're going to take a ride with the organization or they're going to have come get you. But unless you're being towed by another competitor uh, or somehow push your bike across the line, uh, like I saw West do Van, West Van Neuenhaus uh, on the 950 Super Enduro a few years back, uh, pushing that bike across the line after pushing it through a sand wash for about 100 meters. Uh, the guy's an absolute animal. So... My hat's off to that. But that was the determination to finish and and be competitive. And that year he won the class. Uh, absolutely almost no front wear on the front tire or no wear on the front tire. And I mean, every picture we had was him doing a wheelie. So that was pretty cool. But anyway, that was the mentality. That's a finisher's mentality. And you have to, regardless of which group of people you associate yourself with, and, and you decide you're going to be a part of when you go and participate in these rallies, there's, there's certain things that may cross over or that do cross over, and one is the equipment and one is the mentality to finish. To put it into perspective, these guys, the last stage of the Dakar rally was 139 and a half miles. In a sprint desert race, that's 
a pretty good day, that's a pretty good stint, unless you're Colton Udall, which is like just literally warming up. Um, that guy can ride very long distances at a pace that most of us would only make it about a mile and a half. But the idea is, again, like we mentioned earlier, is that you're covering a lot of ground, so you have to be on a bike, you have to be comfortable with the bike, you're going to be spending long days. More often than not, it's like racing a 200-mile desert race every day for the entirety of the event. And that's on your time section. Then you've got to ride the bike to the next bivouac. And then you've got to ride the next morning. You've got to ride to the starting line of that time stage. And those stages or those parts of the stage known as liaisons are not timed, but there are penalties that can be issued for speeding, uh, breaking local laws, that kind of thing, running lights, that kind of stuff. So the organization has different rules depending on the liaison and where it's located and so on and so forth. But they're usually very long days on the bike. So you have to have a bike that's comfortable. You have to have something that's going to last that. So we talked about it in in the episode with Scott Bright about that. And actually very specifically was for him, you know, rally racing or excuse me, rally raid has been the ticket for him to go around the world and travel and see these different places. Recently, we have the Rally Andalusia uh, in Spain. Now you've got uh, the Africa Eco Race, which is cool because now they're actually doing the original OG Paris Dakar uh, rally route. So a lot of places that have not been used by the Dakar, the name brand rally in years, are now being used by the Africa Eco Race. And that's just a few. And Morocco does a challenge, and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of rallies that are out there. Except here in the U.S., we don't really follow them as much because they're too far away, and we really don't have anything here locally other than really those two rallies that I mentioned earlier, which is the Baja Rally and the Sonora Rally. So we've got events now. Baja Rally announced in doing a series and having three three rally raids. Sonora Rally is still doing their one rally raid. And then you've got, I know that there's been rumors of some rally raids further south. Uh, I don't know what their progress is, but what I do know is what we've got right now and what I could tell you there's dates for. So bringing it back and talking about that mentality, right? You decide which which group of people you want to be in, which group of participants you want to, to associate yourself with. And I personally will tell you right now, I will never be able to ride as fast as the the Coltons, the Garretts, the Skylers, the you know, all of these guys that are just super fast on bikes anyway. And putting a road book in front of them doesn't seem to slow them down anyways. So to me, I say, okay, well, I will I'm I'm here to do the tour. And and just check it out and and just be part of this event and navigate and get that feeling. You know, every time the thing beeps at you because you nailed a waypoint and you know you're on the right track, you know, experience that. And, and we talk about in the episode that there's actual an emotion, you know, with it. Setting up routes for the Enduro Comp class here around San Diego. Uh, I have learned and experienced that. It's like, all right, I know where the waypoint is. And I know because the thing has given me an arrow and it's telling me that it's coming. 
but there's nothing still, even though you know it, the thing literally counts you in right to the waypoint, when it beeps and goes off, you're going, cool, we're on the right track. So the idea that it's accepting the challenge and getting into rally raid and and figuring it out, there's room for everybody. You know, you don't have to be the guy that's, you know, killing yourself out there and, and wants to be uber competitive and want to put that bike up on the podium. You can be the guy that says, I'm going to go sign up for this because this is going to be a long way. This is going to be a long route. And I just want to get clean, you know, no penalties. That's the goal. There's guys that I've talked to and that's what they want. You know, after their third cigarette break on the route, you know, they're doing their reconciling and everything that they need to do. And they come in and they're more concerned about having a clean route, you know, a clean day. No time penalties, no missed waypoints, no opened waypoints, everything just perfect. And that's cool. That's that perfectionist side. And, you know, more power to them. You know, they're out there having fun. I can tell you, at least with my experience with Baharelli, you would see things that you may not see riding in Baja typically. It's very different with Rally Raid because Rally Raid, the doors open up a little bit more because you are in a more controlled environment, even though it's more desolate. You don't have markers and you don't have arrows. Rally Raids typically don't have spectators on the course, which is a pain point for a lot of races down in Mexico because the spectators will sometimes cause a lot of damage uh, leave a lot of trash behind and and really put a damper on the landowners wanting to sign up for it again. On top of, you know, you've got 20 trophy trucks at, you know, just under a thousand horsepower each. And then you've got 10 class ones and then you've got 30, you know, class eights or whatever, 16s or what. You've got a ton of participants tearing up these roads and it costs the locals money. It, you know, uh, it will go a long ways, gestures and things like that, but it literally is hard money to pay for the gas on this tractor, to get new tires for the tractor, to get the tractor running again so they can go and drag these roads and make them passable again. You know, in a conversation with one of the guys up at Mike Sky Ranch, we were talking about that and like it literally can get so bad that it will deter tourism to the hotel, to Mike's Sky Ranch. And it sucks because Mike's is such an awesome place, which I'm looking forward to, to going here in the next couple of months. So, um, But it's such an awesome place to be up there, but yet sometimes the road is impassable because it's been blown out by all of these all this race traffic. And then it's like, all right, well, cool, thanks. And then nobody comes to fix the road. The locals have to do it. And... You know, that, that sucks. You know, think about how much money, you know, $4,000 entry fee or $3,000 entry fee in this mass production, but yet somehow money doesn't trickle down to be able to do that. At least from the locals' point of view, you know, I, I could hear both sides of the story or whatever, but at least that's what I hear. And I don't want to make it too much about the sprint races and all that stuff because the whole thing behind this is about rally raid. And so back to the rally raid thing. Very simple. You're going to get to see places that a lot of people don't do it, don't get to see. And when I'll never forget the time that uh, Steve Hengeveld said it, you know, he's been running down there for years and has never been down some of these roads. And I will say that 
that is a very common thing. I ask people when they get to the finish line, what, how was the route? What did it look like? How was it was, how was it for you? And it always, almost always, unless people got lost and, and had trouble finding a waypoint is it was bitching. It was the, the scenery, the route, the roads, everything was just bitching. It was the best they've ever seen. It's I've been to Baja so many times and I've never seen that. And that is why Rally Raid is so awesome. It'll open doors for the organizers or, or the doors are more open for organizers of Rally Raids because, well, you're not bringing all of this other stuff. You know, you are bringing some tourism. You are bringing some money, um, albeit not much, because let me tell you, it is expensive to put on an event properly with all the permits and whatnot. But more so, it's the experience. And when you get to the bivouac at the end of the day, that whole rally raid racer competitor, you know, you've got the, the two groups, the racers and the, the tour guys. That kind of melts away and you're going to see everybody rubbing elbows. And when it comes time to eat, everybody's talking and having a good time and all that stuff. It's, it's a whole nother thing. And then the next day you wake up and you do it all over again. So, to me, the whole rally raid thing is a way to go out, be competitive in a level playing field for everybody, and at the same time, meet a bunch of great people, have a bunch of fun, and and just, I, I even think to the point of saving money. You know, yeah, you might have to be gone a little bit more at a time, but a lot of these top guys anyway are going down for these sprint races in Baja for a week just to go practice. And then they're going to go race for actually two days. Well, imagine racing five days or this year Baja rally announces it's going to be racing six days. So the six day Baja rally and, and then that's it. And then, you know, for, for Baja rally with the series, you know, having the two other races or the, excuse me, the two other rally raids, you know, you have an even broader chance to go out and run this stuff. So I think that it will allow people to get into the sport because it's now closer. And I think that with what I have planned and what we're looking to do, that we're going to provide a way for people to say, all right, here's the recipe. Here's how you're going to, here's how you're going to do it. All right. How do I get into this? What's the first step? What do I need to plan it? And my goal is to answer those questions, help those help people get into the sport. And we've got a lot of great people that are resources. Scott Bright, number one. You know, I told him, hey, I want to do an episode. This is what I want to do. Yes. When? Okay. Like done. We're in. Uh, I have talked to Alex Martins. Uh, that's the guy from Conflict Motorsports, in case you guys have or have not heard the name, but Conflict Motorsports, they do all sorts of suspension. Uh, one of our more famous customers, Lyndon Poskett, who travels the world on a rally bike, um, and a bunch of other people. Um, I've talked to him. He is the head over at Rally Pan Am. So they do classes. Uh, Scott Bright helps with that. They help support rally raids uh, for competitors to go out and participate in these rallies. And... It's just there's so many resources here in the States, but I don't think 
we've put together a roadmap to get people there. And then, and, and with that, along with that is like, okay, well, we've got training handled, but then, all right, well, where do you get your equipment? Well, uh, rally motor shop and talking with Matthew Glade and, you know, he's the, he's the equipment guy. He's the guy to get the parts from, you know, to make this happen. They have a lot of great products. You've got, uh, moto minded also coming on and stepping into this arena. I've seen a few of their towers and things that they've done, you know, and there's, uh, there's a bunch of resources out there, uh, except they're not all in one place. And they take a lot of digging to get to sometimes. So the idea is let's figure out what we're going to be doing and then let's get that roadmap. And there's going to be, there's, there's an easy way. I'll give you guys the easy way right now. You can talk to one of the companies like monkey business, um, or Bahadad race prep and get a fly and ride package put together. And hey, I just, you know what, I don't want to invest in a bike. I don't want to do this stuff. I can ride and all that, but I just want a bike that's purpose built and ready to go for this. All right. There's the team. They take care of the bike. You basically show up, do your morning stretches, jump on the bike. The bike is ready, you know? And so there's, there's a ton of ways to get into this and to do it. And the goal is to lay it all out and let's see how far we can help people get, you know? Uh, there's a lot of dirt bikes. There's a lot of things, uh, that are out there, uh, that could sign up for this. It could make it happen, but just don't know where to get started. So like I said, we're going to try and help make that happen. So in closing and getting ready for the first Baja rally, uh, the series opener, which is going to be in San Quintin, uh, in May. Uh, 21st through 23rd, there is some quick stuff to get ready, right? So if we're looking at getting ready, we're going to need a class, we're going to need a bike, and we're going to have to figure out how much money this is going to be. So we'll come up with a game plan. We'll work on that in one of these episodes here, uh, probably coming up really, really soon. And, And we'll just throw together a plan. And for the people that are interested in doing it, you know, there's going to be some some helpful pointers. You have the bike already or if you don't, you know, you might be looking at getting a bike. Well, there's a ton of stuff out there and we can help kind of point you in the right direction. We're going to talk. Like I said, we're going to talk to the equipment guy, uh, Matthew Glade, and I'm sure he'll be able to set some uh, set some ground, not rules, but, you know, some groundwork in there. And and then also, you know, what's popular and what to do and that kind of thing. And, and we'll see where it goes. But, you know, again, the idea is to help people and to help people get into the sport. Uh, I think it's growing. It has been growing. I know that there's more interest in it, especially now that uh, the Americans, us Americans are doing much better uh, at the Dakar, which is primarily, you know, French and, and German and Australian. And, you know, we're, we're upsetting the balance, right? So... I think that this is going to be pretty awesome. So anyway, all right. So in closing for episode number eight, very simple is rally raid and deciding what you are here to do. And if you don't know, great, get the stuff, buy the stuff, go try a rally raid. And if it doesn't work out for you, take the stuff off the bike, sell it. You'll probably get about the same amount of money out. Uh, you're not really going to lose 
on it because there's a ton of people out there that are interested. So uh, that was something that Scott Bright mentioned in the previous episode, episode number seven. If you haven't listened to that, go on back and take a listen to that one. But right now, you should be thinking, all right, this is where I want to be. And I am ready to take the first step, and it's not that many steps to get into a rally. So we'll talk about that in future episodes here, in the next few episodes. But in the meantime, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, share this podcast with your friends. And if you've got questions, feel free to hit me up on any of the social medias. Just search Chasing Waypoints, and you will find me there on Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official. And then also on YouTube and the Facebook or Facebook as long as they're still around, uh, you can find me there on Chasing Waypoints or as Chasing Waypoints. So anyway, hope you guys like the episode. Do not forget to keep it shiny side up, rubber on the ground, all the gear most of the time. And we will see you guys for episode number nine.